The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. King Solomon wrote, Of making many books there is no end. But there is one book more important than any other. What is the number one most popular book in the world? Chances are that most of you viewing this program have at least one copy. It's called the Bible, or more properly, the Holy Bible. The Bible, or parts of the Bible, have been translated into more than 2,000 languages. It is consistently the world's bestseller. Is this book just a compilation of nomadic stories from people who supposedly created God in their own image? Or is the Bible an inspired message from a loving divine father to all human beings on earth? Can you prove whether this book is God's revelation to you and all mankind? Yes, you can. You need the evidence. You need to know the mysteries of the Bible and its divine message for you. You can prove that the Bible is inspired by the creator of heaven and earth, God Almighty. Stay tuned. Warm greetings to all our friends around the world. Chances are that you have a copy of the world's bestseller in your home. The Wall Street Journal commented on this book, quote, It's an astonishing fact that year after year, the Bible is the best-selling book in America, even though 90% of households already have at least one copy. The text doesn't vary except in translation. The tremendous sales volume, an estimated 25 million copies sold each year, is largely driven by innovations in design, color, style, and the ultimate niche marketing, end of quote. The Western world has long revered the Bible, but what is the Bible? Is it really the revelation of the Creator God to human beings on planet Earth? On today's program, we'll examine the evidence. You can prove that the Bible is divinely inspired. You can prove its historic and prophetic accuracy. We'll also be offering you an inspiring free booklet that will help you prove the authority of the Bible, the Bible, fact or fiction. Be sure to write down the phone number on your screen. You can also order this booklet on our website at tomorrowsworld.org. My friends, how do you view the Bible? Do you consider it sacred? According to a Barna Research Group report, 9 out of 10 Americans age 45 and older consider the Bible sacred. 8 out of 10 Americans, 81%, ages 26 to 44, consider the Bible sacred. Only 2 out of 3 Americans, 67%, ages 18 to 25, consider the Bible sacred. In our discussion of Bible integrity and inspiration, We'll see just how accurate the Bible is. My friends, you need to prove the Bible. Many just base their religious beliefs on hearsay, peer pressure, rumors, and false tradition. Years ago, I was counseling a young college student who was having difficulty proving God's existence. What is proof to one person may not be proof to another. 
But when one follows the principle to test all things, you will be able to prove what is true. In fact, the Bible itself challenges us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21, Test all things, hold fast what is good. Or as the authorized King James Version states it, prove all things. What got this young college student's attention was the amazing historical accuracy of the Bible. So let's consider the evidence supporting the claim that God inspired the Bible. We'll discuss four fundamental areas of proof. Proof number one is historical accuracy. Time and time again, skeptics and critics have alleged that major nations and individuals featured in the Bible never existed, but they have been embarrassed by evidence proving them wrong. Is the Bible accurate? I was talking to a salesman who, in the course of our conversation, said to the effect, well, you can't trust the Bible. I took a few moments to share with him evidence to the contrary, particularly the accurate preservation of the scriptural texts. Some people, to appear intelligent and enlightened, just go along with spurious criticisms. Back in the 18th century, critics even questioned the existence of the Assyrian Empire and the existence of the ancient city-state of Nineveh mentioned in the Bible. The skeptics were proven to be very wrong. This book, The Luck of Nineveh, is a fascinating account of the famous British archaeologist Austin Henry Layard. The author, Arnold C. Brackman, writes in his foreword, quote, In 1817, when Austin Henry Layard was born, there was no tangible proof that Nineveh, the seat of the Assyrian Empire, which reputedly had endured longer than any empire before or since, ever existed. For that matter, there was no evidence that there ever was an Assyrian Empire, end of quote. The critics, of course, ridiculed the Bible, which referred to both Nineveh and the Assyrian Empire. Brackman continues here on page 12, quote, In the Old and New Testaments, Nineveh is mentioned 20 times, and in the Old Testament, there are 132 references to Assyria. An increasing number of skeptics, however, their religious faith diluted by the spectacular scientific breakthroughs accompanying the first stirrings of the Industrial Revolution, sneered at tales about Nineveh and treated it as a legend that belonged to an age of fables. For them, there had never been a Nineveh any more than there had ever been a Troy. End of quote. The archaeologist Austin Henry Layard eventually discovered Nineveh, and the artifacts in the British Museum in London, the Louvre in Paris, the Oriental Institute Museum in Chicago, and other museums give overwhelming evidence to the historical accuracy of this ancient empire described in the Bible. Archaeology has confirmed hundreds of other historical references in the Bible. Just to mention a few, the Israel Stela, a stone slab discovered in 1896 at Thebes in Egypt, is the oldest evidence of ancient Israel outside of the Bible. The stone monument, which I've seen in the Cairo Museum, records the military triumph of Pharaoh Meremta of the 13th century BC. It states, quote, Israel is devastated, having no seed. Syria is widowed because of Egypt, end of quote. Let me share with you one more example. U.S. News & World Report magazine, October 25, 1999, featured a cover article entitled, Is the Bible True? Extraordinary Insights from Archaeology and History. A team of archaeologists was digging in the ancient ruins of the city of Dan in Upper Galilee. 
Avraham Baran led the team. They discovered a basalt stone monument from the 9th century BC. The stela, or monument, commemorated, quote, a military victory of the king of Damascus over two ancient enemies. One foe the fragment identifies as the king of Israel. The other was the house of David, end of quote. Now why should this be so significant? Note the next sentence, quote, the reference to David was a historical bombshell, end of quote. For those who have already proved to themselves the accuracy and veracity of the Bible, this was not a bombshell, but just additional evidence to what they had already proved. Continuing with the article, quote, Never before had the familiar name of Judah's ancient warrior king, a central figure of the Hebrew Bible, and according to Christian scripture, an ancestor of Jesus, been found in the records of antiquity outside the pages of the Bible, end of quote. Now listen to this, quote, Skeptics had long seized upon that fact to argue that David was a mere legend, invented by Hebrew scribes during or shortly after Israel's Babylonian exile, roughly 500 years before the birth of Christ. Now at last, there was material evidence, an inscription written not by Hebrew scribes, but by an enemy of the Israelites a little more than a century after David's presumptive lifetime. End of quote. My friends, will you remain skeptical in spite of the evidence? Remember the warning of the Apostle Paul in Romans 1 regarding the proof of God's existence. Romans 1 and verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I encourage you to be courageous enough to examine the evidence, to read the Bible yourself. You can prove the veracity of the Bible. Proof number one of the Bible is historical accuracy. We'll discuss proof number two in the next part of our program. But first, I'd like to offer you this inspiring free booklet titled, The Bible, Fact or Fiction? This booklet presents impressive evidence that the Bible is indeed fact and not fiction. The author, Dr. Douglas Winnale, comments on archaeological discoveries supporting the Bible's historical accuracy. He writes on page 24, quote, There have been dozens of other remarkable discoveries. The Meremptastila describes an Egyptian pharaoh conquering Israel, circa 1200 B.C. The Black Obelisk from Nimrud pictures Israelite King Jehu bowing before the Assyrian king Shalmaneser III. An inscription near Jerusalem refers to Joseph, son of Caiaphas. Caiaphas was the high priest in Jerusalem at the time of Christ's crucifixion, See Matthew 26:57. An inscribed stone from the first century Caesarea reads, Pontius Pilate, the prefect of Judea. Pilate was the Roman governor at the time of Jesus' crucifixion. See Matthew 27, verse 2. Such evidence carved in stone supports the conclusion that the Bible writers were recording facts and not fiction. End of quote. This inspiring booklet covers much more information than we have time for on this program. This free booklet also features a center chart depicting the symmetry of Scripture and its seven subdivisions. My friends, you need this inspiring booklet, The Bible, Fact or Fiction. It will help you and your family and skeptics to prove the Bible's integrity, inspiration, and accuracy. So pick up the telephone right now and request your free copy. Just ask for the booklet on the Bible. 
to receive this program's offer absolutely free. Or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. In the first part of our program, we briefly discuss proof number one for the inspiration of the Bible, historical accuracy. The critics have been embarrassed by their outright biased allegations when archaeology and history prove them wrong. Listen to these comments by famous archaeologists as quoted in our free booklet, The Bible Fact or Fiction. Quote, the manner in which archaeology has verified the historical accuracy of the Bible has been nothing short of remarkable. As noted archaeologist Nelson Glick has written, quote, It may be clearly stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a single biblical reference. Scores of archaeological findings have been made which confirm in clear outline or exact detail historical statements in the Bible. Glick's comments echo the words of another prominent archaeologist, William F. Albright, who stated, quote, there can be no doubt that archaeology has confirmed the substantial historicity of Old Testament tradition. The excessive skepticism shown toward the Bible by important historical schools of the 18th and 19th century has been progressively discredited, end of quote. Yes, my friends, the skeptics and the critics have been progressively discredited. Thank God that you can prove the Bible. You can prove its inspiration and accuracy. One more way you can prove the Bible is that its author, the creator God of the Bible, reveals prophecies and he fulfills prophecies. He declares the end from the beginning, as it says in Isaiah 46 and verse 9. Proof number two for Bible inspiration is fulfilled prophecy. The Bible reveals hundreds of prophecies. In fact, one-fourth of your Bible is prophecy. Regular viewers of Tomorrow's World have seen dozens of our programs on prophecy. But let's consider at least one example of fulfilled prophecy, fulfilled as God predicted it would be. The greatest empire of its time was Babylon. Yet Bible prophecy predicted this great power would punish other nations as a judgment from God, and then Babylon itself was to be judged for its sinfulness. More than 100 years before the overthrow of this great empire, the prophet Isaiah named the individual who would be responsible for Babylon's fall. King Cyrus of Persia lived almost two centuries after Isaiah, yet was prophesied by name in Isaiah 44. Isaiah even prophesied how Cyrus would enter Babylon to conquer it. Isaiah 45 and verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him, and loose the armor of kings, 
to open before him the double doors, so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Both secular and biblical authorities confirm that Cyrus did what Isaiah had prophesied. The Greek historian Herodotus wrote of the siege of Babylon in the Histories, Book 1, Part 191. My friends, you need to know more about fulfilled prophecy. There are more than 200 Old Testament prophecies regarding the Messiah that were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. The prophets Ezekiel and Daniel gave dozens of prophecies affecting nations and empires that have been fulfilled. Our free booklet, The Bible Fact or Fiction, discusses many of these fulfilled prophecies. More than we have time for on this program. Be sure to request your free copy. Proof number two for Bible inspiration is fulfilled prophecy. Proof number three is the preservation of the text. If God did indeed inspire the text of the Bible, is he able to ensure that the scriptures, as originally inspired, will be faithfully preserved and transmitted to us in the 21st century? Again, let's look at the claim of the Bible. In this case, the statement of Jesus of Nazareth. Matthew 5, verse 18. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. The jot, or yud, Jesus referred to, is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And the tittle is a tiny mark of projection associated with Hebrew letters. Christ was clearly stating that not only would the words of the Old Testament be faithfully preserved, but the letters as well. Jesus stated here in Luke 21 and verse 33, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. This is one of the several promises and claims of the Bible itself, that the words of God and the revelation of God will be faithfully preserved. Now, this is a big subject with limited time, but let's look at the book of Isaiah, for example. Has it been preserved faithfully? In 1947, as a part of the Dead Sea Scrolls, two copies of the book of Isaiah were discovered in Qumran Cave Number 1. These were dated to a thousand years earlier than any existing manuscripts of Isaiah. Had the words of Isaiah been preserved faithfully? Here is what one textbook reports, quote, They proved to be word for word identical with our standard Hebrew Bible in more than 95% of the text. The 5% of variation consisted chiefly of obvious slips of the pen and variations in spellings. These variations do not affect the message of Revelation in the slightest, end of quote. Of course, the Qumran sect that preserved the Dead Sea Scrolls was not even recognized by the Jewish community to officially approve such texts, which makes the coherence of such textual accuracy even more remarkable. According to the Apostle Paul, God gave the Jewish community the responsibility of preserving the Old Testament scriptures. Speaking of the Jews, Paul writes in Romans 3 and verse 2, To them were committed the oracles of God. Or as the NIV translates it, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. Indeed, history shows that scribes called Masoretes have faithfully handwritten the scriptures. 
The official Hebrew text is called the Masoretic Text. These scribes were so meticulous, they counted all of the letters and all of the words in a given book to make sure there were no variations, even in the letters of the text. The text of the New Testament, written in the Greek language, was preserved in the Greek-speaking world. The King James Version of 1611 was primarily translated from the Hebrew Masoretic Text and the Greek Received Text, known as the Textus Receptus. Thousands of manuscripts testify to the accuracy of the New Testament. Again, as in the case of the Isaiah Scroll, variations in the Greek manuscripts are minor, and they do not affect the message of Revelation or fundamental teaching. Do errors creep into the translations? Yes, some errors, such as the late edition of 1 John 5-7, are easily identified in the Latin or English translations. But with so many manuscripts to cross-check possible problems, we can have absolute confidence in the claims of the Bible. Proof number three is the preservation of the text. We'll discuss proof number four in the conclusion of our program. But first, I'd like to offer you this inspiring free booklet, The Bible, Fact or Fiction. This informative free booklet will help you in your study of the Bible and give you evidence to prove the Bible and its inspiration and accuracy. Here are some of the chapter headings. Prophecy, the Bible's unique dimension. Did God inspire the Bible? Has the Bible been preserved accurately? And real answers to life's big questions. My friends, you and your family need this inspiring free booklet, The Bible, Fact or Fiction. So pick up the telephone right now and request your free copy. Just ask for the booklet on the Bible. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. We've discussed very briefly three proofs of the Bible. And they are, in fact, just introductions to more lengthy discussions of evidence. But these three proofs should be helpful to you in your investigation of Bible accuracy and inspiration. Proof number one was historical accuracy. Proof number two, fulfilled prophecy. And proof number three, preservation of the text. The final proof is based more on one's personal interaction and experience with the Bible. Jesus said in Matthew 4 and verse 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus quoted this scripture from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. God was allowing the ancient Israelites on their exodus from Egypt to learn a deeper spiritual lesson. Moses spoke to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. So he, God, humbled you, allowed you to hunger, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. 
Proof number four is living by the Bible. This is evidence that takes faith and action. The first three proofs were external in nature, but proof number four takes a commitment to read the Bible and to test and practice its principles, precepts, and laws. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.21? Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Yes, test the Bible by putting its instructions into practice. Prove all things. One could begin by practicing the precepts that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. That message is recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Test each one of the Ten Commandments by applying them in your life. Jesus said, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. That's Matthew 19, verse 17. Genuine Christianity is not just a one-day-a-week religion. It is a way of life. Early Christianity was referred to in the book of Acts as the way. Notice, for example, in Acts 24, 14, the apostle Paul was defending himself in Caesarea against the charges of his fellow Jews. He told the governor named Felix, But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. While non-Christians called the faith a sect, the Apostle Paul referred to it as the way. The word way is capitalized, and the expression appears several times in the book of Acts. The challenge of proof number four is living by the Bible. Not everyone is willing to apply this proof, but it is one that will result in joy and fulfillment to the degree that one follows Christ's instructions and the inspired principles of the Bible. On today's program, we briefly discussed four proofs of the Bible. Proof number one was historical accuracy. Proof number two, fulfilled prophecy. Proof number three, preservation of the text. And proof number four, living by the Bible. My friends, you need to prove the Bible. The Bible answers the mysteries of life. It gives us the principles for successful and abundant living. The Bible is God's instruction book to all humanity. It gives us hope for the future and the way to eternal salvation. Be sure to request our inspiring free booklet, The Bible Factor Fiction. It will give you the evidence you need to prove the Bible and its inspiration. And may God bless you as you seek its instruction, revelation, and truth. Many today neglect reading the Bible, and particularly neglect reading Bible prophecy. You need to be informed. Be sure to join us every week on Tomorrow's World. Roderick Meredith and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. We invite you to join our colleagues, Wallace Smith and Rod King, who will also share with you the awesome truths of the Bible and the prophecies of tomorrow's world. Be sure to read your Bible daily and join us again next week right here at the same time. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.